Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. Our God is a good God. And he's a great God. He's full of mercy and compassion. We want to hear the word of God. He wants to speak to you and I. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, our Lord and our God, we bless you. You are such a good God. You are full of mercy. Your word says your mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. We appreciate you, our Abba Father. Thank you, Jehovah God, for this time. Because your word is full of you. You want to speak to us. Let the entrance of your word bring forth light. Bring forth wisdom. Bring forth understanding. Bring forth clearer revelation to every one of us and everyone watching online. Let us see Jesus and see what he has come to do for the whole world. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, his only son to us. Lord, help us to see what you have come to do. And allow us to humbly surrender it all to you because you own it all. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed and we have received. Praise the Lord. I want to remind us about the love of God about the grace of God. We did a couple of months, part one, gracious visitation. As you are watching online, as we are sitting down, God is visiting you, and he will visit you more. Whatever it is that you are looking unto him for, he will visit you in a tremendous and powerful manner today by the grace of God. So gracious visitation, part two. And our text is Titus 2.11, it read does. For by grace of God is unmerited favor. What a loving father. He gave us that favor. 24 by 7, the favor is there. Even while we are yet sinners, he died for us. He said his unmerited favor and blessings has come forward. He has come forward. Even when we are not, when we are receptive, he's come forward. What a loving father. Come forward, appeared, he appeared to all of us for the deliverance from sin. Because he knows that we need deliverance from sin. He has come forward. That grace, that unmerited favor, that undeserved favor has come forward to everybody to deliver us from sin and the eternal salvation for all mankind. He has come to give salvation to everybody, even those people that are still living in sin. The Bible says he loves everybody as a person because we are created in his image and he loves us. He doesn't love the sin, but he loves us. So that is that grace that I'm extending, that I'm reminding of, of this morning, the grace of God. NLT says, for the grace of God has been revealed. It has been revealed and is now left for us to accept it or not. But I'm imploring us. Those of you watching online and if you are here, if you have never made a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ, today is your day and you will be saved to the glory of God because that is why Jesus has come. 
bringing salvation to everybody, to all people in every nations. Imagine how many countries, how many nations do we have all over the world? We cannot count them. How many people? Trillions. And God has come. He sent Jesus to save everybody and because of his grace. So I'm going to recap a little bit of what we did back in February. Grace, what is grace? You see, I have grace and mercy in my house. <laughs> and that grace and mercy, we all need it. Really? True? We need the grace and the mercy of God. I have it and you have it. Grace is favor or kindness shown without regard to the worth or merit of one who receives it. And despite what the same person deserves, you know we don't deserve the grace of God, but he gave it to us anyway. He gave it to us. What an awesome God that we serve. Grace is unmerited. We don't merit it. You and I, we do things every day. Sometimes your human flesh, you will do something, but the Holy Spirit, thank God for the Holy Spirit, our helper, our standby 24 by 7, standing with us, helping us to live a life that will glorify his name. So the grace of God is extended to us. We don't merit it. We don't deserve it. So grace is the favor that God has given to the world. The Bible says in Acts 10, 34, he said, God is no respecter of persons. No matter how your sin is, is willing and ready, his hands are open to, call, to accept us in, to, to, to get us in into that boat. And we are all in there, and many people are still going to join us to the glory of God. Exodus 34, 6. The Lord God is merciful and gracious, long-suffering. Sometimes people step on our toes. We can't take it. But God is long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Imagine, God is so merciful. We are going to go to two stories this morning in our, in our message, and we are getting there. Ephesians 4, 7, ESV. But grace was given to each one of us. Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. According to the measure of Christ's gift. And that measure is all the same for everybody. No matter how holy we are, even sinners, the grace is the same measure. It is just that God is waiting for that day, for that moment, for that time that the sinner will come forth and say, God, I just surrender it all to you. And we are going to, many people are going to experience that today by the grace of God. So the grace of God, we know what grace means now. That is unmerited favor. So what is that grace of God? The grace of God is a gift from God. You know, when somebody brings a pack, a nice gift bag, and put flowers, and put those light 
those light uh, uh, papers they put on top and package that big bag and comes to give it to some of us. You don't work for it. You didn't go to the store to buy that gift, but that person brought that gift. Either it's your birthday, either it's Christmas or Thanksgiving, and they bring, they give, bring that bag. Or it's a package of fruits or food. Do you, did you buy that gift? It's a gift. You don't buy it, and he gave it to, that person gives it to you. The same thing, God gave us a gift through his grace. So the grace of God is a gift. The grace of God is a gift. Let's say it to each other, say it to yourself. The grace of God is a gift of God to me. Praise the Lord. So the grace of God is the favor and kindness that we don't deserve. We don't deserve it but he gave it to us anyway. So the grace of God is freely given to everybody, to all people, as we just read in that scripture, our text. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. So the grace of God now brings salvation to mankind, as I just mentioned in that Titus 2.11. And the grace of God, it extends to everyone, our God is not a partial God. He's not partial in his grace. He gives to us the same measure of that grace. And we are saved by grace through faith. Because we have to believe our faith is the extent, is the hand that we use to receive that gift. If somebody brings that bag of gift that I mentioned earlier in a few minutes, we have to use your hand. Is that right? To take the gift. So the same way, faith is that hand that we use to receive. Either you, are, you want healing, thank God for Sundays, thank God for the sermon last Sunday, thank God for the, for the way God moved. You see those healing, those testimony, they extend because that grace is available to every one of us. So we, we, we just have to, be, to, to understand it and Receive that salvation because it's a free gift that God has given to us. So for by grace, we have been saved. That's Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. For by grace, you and I have been saved by our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing you did could ever, nothing we did could ever end this salvation. For it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast. So we cannot bloat, boast. We cannot flaunt about it. We just give glory to God for that grace. For salvation is never a reward for the good works or human striving. It is not our strive. It is the grace of God that makes us to be who we are today. And that will make us to be who God has ordained us to be. Amen. So God saved us by his wonderful grace. Even when we are dead, even when we are dead, that is Ephesians 2.5, TPT. He says God saved us by his grace. Even while we were dead and doomed in many sins, we are dead and doomed in many sins, he now unites us into the very life of Christ, my brothers and my sisters, and saved us by his wonderful grace. That grace is wonderful. 
that amazing grace, that wonderful grace that God has extended to us. Ephesians 2, 4 reads, but God still loves us with such great love. He loves us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Our God is so rich in compassion and mercy. He said he's long-suffering. He has compassion on us. He has, he has started that from the beginning. See the way he had compassion on the Israelites when they were in Egypt. And his mercy was extended to them. They experienced the mercy of God. And he enabled them to pass, pass over the Red Sea. Imagine, he just did put that road and that dry land just formed up. That grace that God used is still available to us today. And God will enable us to have it and continue to have more of it. Now we are going on a story to read together now. John 7, we'll start from 53 and then we, go, we continue to 8, 11. Can we put it up please? John, praise the Lord. Then the meeting broke up. And everybody went home. That was when Jesus preached. And the evening, he was preaching, he was teaching all true. And the evening, everybody went to their house. But Jesus did not go to his own house. Jesus returned after a whole day that he taught. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again. Imagine, he said, I have come to do the will of the Father. He has come to do the desire of the Father, to continue teaching so that souls will be won to his, to, to his kingdom, so that lives that are in bondage will be delivered, so that people will, rede will be redeemed, so that people that are sick will be healed. That, that was what he was doing all through, and that is what he's still doing today. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. They gathered because of the previous day, what they were taught. Their eyes were open, and they want to get more. Are you... Do you have the desire to get more of Jesus? To get more of his word? Let us have that desire. Can we go to three, please? As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Imagine. Imagine somebody busy teaching. And just like that. Just like that in the crowd. And they, brought, and they just came. The Pharisees. We will get there. Verse 4 please. Teacher. Not even saying excuse me. Teacher. They said to Jesus. This woman. 
caught in the heart of adultery. Are they living in the house with her? And they caught her. They said they caught her right committing adultery. Verse 5. <laughs> the law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? Thank God we are no longer under the law. Praise the Lord. Verse 6. They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But remember, his time then has not yet come. But they stoop, but Jesus, as if just, as if he didn't hear what they said. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Verse 7. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again. We just read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. God is so kind and patient. Love, the love that he has is so kind. And he said there, we, you know, in our scripture, long-suffering. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, All right, but let one, let one who has never seen throw the first stone. I remember, I think pastor put stones, some, I think in our whole church. They, let, all right, but let one, all, all of you accusers, let one who has never seen throw the first stone. Verse 8. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. Verse 9. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one. Beginning with the holders until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. The woman, they came just like that. Not even asking, excuse me, Jesus. See that rude attitude. But Jesus, he did not respond to them the way they acted. Verse 10. Then Jesus stood up again, patiently, kindly, and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? 11. No, Lord, imagine as a reader, I could put, I could think about what the woman, that in that stage, she was helpless. She just kept quiet because she cannot fight for herself. She cannot argue with the accusers. No, she, respond, she, she responded, Lord, she said, and Jesus said, Hallelujah. Neither do I 
Go and sin no more. Imagine. What stage are you? In what state are you in the state of this woman that was caught in adultery? What sin, those of you watching online and those of us that are here, in what manner, in what state of mind are you? Is it like this woman? Jesus is here to save you and deliver you. He's not condemning you. Don't think about it. Ah, see, all those huge sins, all those bad sins that I've been committing, that is why Jesus Christ came. He said he has not come to the call the righteous, but sinners unto repentance. So let's now go deep into the study. We just read. So the life of that woman caught in adultery, she was called, that is, that is the name, because that, that was what we just saw there. We don't have, a, but that was just that, the picture of what we had in the story that we just read. She was called an adulteress. Who is an adulteress? A woman who commits adultery. What is adultery? Adultery is the voluntary sexual intercourse between a married person and a person who is not his or her spouse. That is it. And that is the name they called her. According to the passage, the woman was quiet. She could not defend herself before her accusers. She was sad and she was ashamed because they brought her in the midst of the crowd. And she was humiliated. All these things that I said, is it part of what you are going through? There is hope for you because Jesus will save and deliver you today by the grace of God. So how the woman received that gracious visitation? You know, I said earlier that our topic is gracious visitation. The scribe and the Pharisees brought this woman to Jesus and with an accusation of committing adultery. Their statement revealed that they saw the woman in the very act. Because what we read shows that. Because they consistently, that means they are consistently watching our life, looking through of whatever she did or not. So, and, 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 you know, and they brought him and said, teacher, we caught this woman in the very act. That means they saw her in the very act of adultery. So despite the statement of Moses' law and persistently demanding an answer from Jesus towards the reported act of sin, Jesus responded wisely and with patience, and the woman kept quiet. What are people doing to us? And how do we respond? These are the lessons that we can learn from this passage. How do we respond? Do we respond with anger? Do we respond with, with so furious and start saying, because, you know, when we are angry, what comes out? Sometimes you don't know when those, that's why we have to be very careful and allow the Spirit of God to help us when we are upset. The woman was helpless with her accusers. Her accusers thought she would be condemned to death, penalty. 
They, they thought Jesus would judge. That's why they brought the law of Moses. And that law of Moses is, is referred to in the Deuteronomy 22, 20, 22 to 24. That was where they said, Whoa! You know that they, they said in that scripture, that scripture reads that anybody that is caught in adultery, they will stone that person to death. But thank God, the blood of Jesus has come to cleanse all our sins away and save us and make us clean and give us a new life. So, and Jesus said, neither do I, because he saw that the accuser were persistently asking, demanding for an answer, demanding in regards to the law of Moses. And that was the scribe and the Pharisees. That is religious scholars. They just come and stand by whatever the law says, but the grace of God has abolished the law. The blood of Jesus is what we have today. So Jesus showed compassion and mercy to the woman. He showed compassion and mercy. You see, when we, we have a lot of things that is going on in the world today, how do we see those people? We have to know that we are saved by grace. It is not because of our works. It is not because of anything that we did. We are complete in him. It is not by the works of our righteousness that we have been saved. It is by the grace of God, by the mercy and the favor of God upon our lives. So Jesus did not condemn or judge the woman. That was why he told us in John 8, 13, you judge according to, do not judge according to the flesh. We cannot judge anybody. He said, we should not judge. We should not judge. Judge no one. Just commit every soul to God in prayer. It is not in our own life. It is not in our own hands to judge people. We should just commit every soul to the hand of God because all souls belong to God. So the woman's name, instantly that way, the woman's name was changed. And he received freedom and deliverance from that sin that they said they caught him of. So the woman's name was changed from adulteress to a new creature. As 2 Corinthians said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. She received a new life status through a gracious visitation. Just like Zacchaeus that we read in part one of the, of, the, of the sermon. How Zacchaeus received that gracious visitation and he was saved. So the same way we are being saved by grace. And all other souls that have not known Christ, they also, they will be saved by grace the same way that we have been saved. So Jesus taught us humility. In that passage that we read, he taught us humility and outstanding wisdom, which he exhibited through to that woman and also to the accusers of that woman. Because all the people came to him to hear more of his teaching. You know, when we started in that John 7:53, you see how Jesus he taught all day, and then the next day, people now came and he was there. He taught them. But this story, this particular story just came like that while he was teaching them. So we should not judge others. 
The Bible says in Matthew 7, 1 to 2, it said, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. So we cannot judge. All we hope people is to love them. The Bible says, Oh, no man except to love them. We love them and we pray for them, that God will save them if we discover any sinful thing in their life. Another lesson that we learn, do not look down on anyone that, oh, can this one be saved? We are going to read another story quickly. There is no soul that God cannot save. Every soul, that is the reason why Jesus has come, to save sinners and to allow them to come to his kingdom. So we cannot look down on anyone but rather, we have to pray for them that they will encounter a gracious visitation from the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved by grace through faith. Always remember, you and I, we are saved by grace through faith. So we don't deserve it, but he saved us. So do not boast or flaunt about it, but humbly be grateful and thankful to God for your salvation through God's grace. So grace means that God loves, he forgives, and saves us, not because of, what, of who we are or what we do, but because of the works of Christ. We can see that in Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. We read that already. Do you love like Jesus? Do we love like Jesus? How do we treat our co-workers? How do we treat our people, any, any, anyone that God brings us across with every day, how do we react when we are driving? Because a lot of people drive out there. You see how some people drive, you will just look at them. How do we react to things? So we have to remember we are saved by grace. And also we should see and react to people with that gracious manner that God has saved us. God will help us to do that. Jesus answered with persistent patience. You see, he stooped down, writing, and he looked up, and he just answered them very patiently and kindly, with calmness and humility. So we should, we should also do things like that. We should live our life with persistent patience, calmness, and humility. Because God said he ate the pride. We cannot be, we, as a believer, we cannot allow pride to set into our lives in any way. And God answered with authority. With the authority that he has, he answered. And in that authority with humility. So outstanding, God answered with outstanding divine wisdom. Despite the root, pretense, and hypocrisy of the scribes and the Pharisees. He answered them wisely. So Romans 12, 18, he says, Do all you can to live in peace with everyone. We have to do that. To live in peace with everyone. The woman showed quietness. She was still and recognized God. That was why he re she responded, No one, Lord. Because he asked, Jesus asked, Where are your accusers? And he just answered, No no one remaining. Everybody left because nobody can stand because they know Jesus. He, would, he knows 
met them more than themselves. The same way God knows us more than we know ourselves. So God shows mercy, loving kindness, compassion, and grace towards the woman. Psalm 103 that we just read, but another verse. I'm going to read 8, 8 to 12. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. The Lord, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Is abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. What an amazing loving father that we have. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Imagine. Nor, nor punish us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the heart, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removed our transgressions from us. He removed our sin from us by the blood. We are going to read another passage. Acts 9, 1 to 22. I want us to see the grace of God in the life of this man, Saul, who is now Paul. How the grace of God was extended to him. So don't, there are a lot of things people are doing out there. Don't let us look at what they are. Let's pray for them. Let's have the heart yearning and the desire that Jesus has for every soul. Because that amazing grace is there for everyone. So Acts chapter 9 from verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats. Imagine, see. Let's read it together. I know we have read this scripture before, but let's read it because God brings out new things from his word every day. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath, every breath that he has, and eager to kill the lost followers. Imagine, just to kill anybody that he knows that they are following Jesus. So he went to the high priest. Verse 2. He requested letters addressed to the synagogue in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains, which is going on some, somewhere, some, some, some part of the world now, just because of the sake that people are preaching Christ. They are being arrested. As he was approaching Damascus, this our God is a great God. <laughs> our God is a big God. He's full of compassion. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. Imagine somebody killing followers of Christ, of Jesus, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission. If you are watching online or you are, or you are here in person, please read along this story to, with us and you will see how the door of your salvation has been opened. As he was approaching Damascus on, the, on this mission, a light from heaven, our God, you are so good, suddenly shone down around him. There is no soul that God cannot save. One day that God has ordained, 
he will bring souls to his kingdom. And he will bring souls if you have been given your life to Christ and you are backslidden. Today is your day. You are coming back to Jesus. Verse 4. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus showing himself, revealed, showed himself to this man that was going all over, killing followers of Christ, that hate Jesus. Verse 5. Who, where, who are you? Because he was imagining, who are you? And he knew right away, Lord, who are you, Lord? Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. God, you are such a loving father. Verse 6. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The next verse. The man, the men with Saul stood speechless. They were looking. Where is this voice? For the head that is the king of kings, that, that is the Lord of lords that is speaking, the I am that I am, that, that showed himself to Saul and is speaking to you today. You are hearing my voice online. You are hearing my voice. God is speaking to you. He wants you to surrender all to him because he loves you, no matter how sin. He said if your sin is as scarlet, it will be white as snow. Verse 8. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companion led him by the hand to Damascus, where he has the mission to go and kill, to go and take followers of Christ and put them in chains. Verse 9. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. The next verse. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, replied. He replied, the next verse. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. Imagine, in that just, just like that. Just in in few hours, somebody has the mission to go and kill follower of Christ. And they see the way God met him on the way. The next verse. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and lay hands on him so he can see again. God is a good God. He has a set time. He has a set thing that he will use to bring souls to his kingdom. To heal, to deliver, to save. The next verse. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about this terrible thing this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. Ananias was surprised. Lord, how can you ask me to do that? But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument. Are you here today? You are backslidden. Are you here today or hearing my voice? And you are still living in sin. You are a chosen instrument that God wants to use. Please, today is your day. Be ready. 
when we get there, to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as to the people of Israel. You are a youth, you are here. You are a chosen instrument. Prepare yourself. God wants to use you to bring others in the street to his kingdom. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. The same way he was doing to everybody. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, imagine, they now call him brother. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit instantly. Instantly, something like scales fell off Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. To praise the Lord. Next verse. I want us to read it up to 22. Okay, that's not, okay, they rent in the 19, I thought it's, so you see how God saved Saul just tremendously, just in a merciful, compassionate manner. And God loves sinners. He doesn't love what they are doing. So please, my brothers and my sisters and those watching online, today is your day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. Do not wait until tomorrow. If you are not serious with Jesus, please get serious today. As you are in the sound of my voice, get serious because Jesus loves you. He wants to use you. All the blessing, all the spiritual blessing in the heavenly places is for us by his grace. He loves us. He wants to use us. He wants to use us as a channel to bring other souls to his kingdom. So my brothers and my sisters, do not let us judge anybody. Don't look down on anybody as if they cannot be saved. God has come to save everybody. He has extended that grace to all nations. And today is your day. Praise the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be too late. So let us use today and surrender everything. So in my conclusion, we have to be strong and strengthen inwardly. 2 Timothy 2.1 We have to be strong and strengthen inwardly in the grace that is the spiritual blessing that is to be found only in Jesus. Those of us that are surrendered our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, thank God for the grace. Let us remain strong because the days that we have is full of evil. Let us be strong and continue to preach the gospel and continue to let our life witness Christ for others. Because these days, people don't want to take trust. You are going, some people don't even, want to, they don't even want to take it from you. But they want to see what is coming up, what is oozing out from our lives. Do not take, you know, this, this word that I want to say now, God kept on telling me that I should tell us, we should not take the grace of God in vain. It is time we cannot take the grace of God in vain any longer. 
We have to take our stand. We have to be strong. The Bible says, those of us that are standing, let us take yield that we, we will not fall, but we have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Do not take the grace of God in vain. Romans 6, 1, verse 1 to 2. What shall we say to all this? Are we, good, are we to remain in sin in order that God's grace, God's favor, God's mercy may multiply or overflow? Certainly not. How can we who die to sin leave it in any longer? Let us leave sin alone. Let's live a life that glorifies God so that our grace we are bound and be extended to other people. God desire to reconcile the world to himself and Christians are called to be ministers of that reconciliation. God has called us to that ministry of that reconciliation. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 19. You see, when we go to the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost son, those are the message of the grace, of the salvation of Christ. My brothers and my sisters, let us give every all in our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And those that have not been there, let's surrender our lives. Can we rise up? We are going to sing a song and then we round up. And that song is just to bring souls to see what a marvelous grace that God has given to us. It's such a marvelous grace. It's such an amazing grace. We sang that song in our hymn, To God be all the glory, great things he has done. So love he the world that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believe in that name, they will not perish, but have everlasting life. Can we put the song up, please? The lost grace of our loving Lord. Grace our sin and our guilt. Yonder Calvary's mount at Paul. There where the Lord of the Lamb was built. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sins. Dark is the sin that we cannot hide. What can I fail to wash it away? Lord, there is flowing a crimson tide. Whiter than snow you may be today. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace. We pardon and cleanse within grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is real. 
Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace, freely bestowed on all who believe. All who are longing to see His face, will you this moment His grace receive? Grace. The grace of God we pardon and cleanse within. That grace is greater than all whatever sin that you think that you have been committing. Those of you watching online and if you are here, don't look at that sin that is so heavy. God is here to lift up and to forgive that sin. So we are lending out and we are giving you opportunity to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are here, can we all close our eyes? If you are here and you are hearing us, or you are online and you want to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, we just heard about that grace. That grace is greater than all our sin. Is here, he wants to welcome you. And if you have given your life one time or the other, and you know that you have gone back, you are not so strong and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to come and step forward. Don't be ashamed. God is here. He's a loving Father. He wants to welcome you back and He wants you to surrender if you have not at one time or the other. Surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is your time. Come forward. Don't be ashamed. He's willing and ready to give you a new life and is willing and ready to welcome you back to his sanctuary. So we are giving you chance. Come forward if you know you want to give your life to Christ. Come forward if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. That grace is able to pardon and cleanse all our sin. Is able and that grace is greater than all the sins. 
So please, we are giving you opportunity if you want to give your life to Christ. God is here. The Bible says the angels in heaven, they are happy over one sinner that repent. Than over 99 that doesn't need any repentance, that have in the fold that are in Christ already. Let's continue to pray. Let's continue to pray. Let's pray for souls, for souls all over the world that Jesus will be revealed to every soul that have not given or make a decision about Jesus because that is the reason why Jesus came. He has come and we are in the last days. Souls have to be won to the kingdom of God because Jesus is coming soon. Grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all I see. Let us pray. I know God has dropped the word and is the one that will make that word to bear fruit and to his glory. Father, in Jesus' name, we exalt you, we honor you. Thank you for your word that you have spoken to us, reminding us of the grace of God. That gracious visitation that the woman that was caught in adultery received. That grace that Saul, through that grace, Saul was redeemed. Saul was saved from all the persecution that he did. The same way, God, I know you have dropped your word in the heart of those watching online, in the heart of the people here. And I thank you because that word will perform all that you have ordained that word to perform in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Abba Father, for souls that have been won to your kingdom. Thank you, Abba Father, for those that have made that decision today to surrender it all to the Lord Jesus Christ. We are praying for them and we pray, Jehovah God, that the blood that you shed at Calvary will wash their sins away. And Lord, as you are bringing them to your fold, that you are saving and redeeming them. I pray that they will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit that will give them more understanding, that will give them the ability to continue to grow in the grace, in the knowledge, in the wisdom of God. And those of us that have given our life, I pray that we will continue to work stronger and be looking forward and fix our eyes on Jesus and continue to grow from one level of glory, of wisdom, of knowledge, of understanding to another level in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Abba Father, for what you have done this afternoon. Thank you, Jehovah God, because as we go, you will continue to minister to us. You will continue to make us, oh God, to see the need that we have to make sure that we take our stand and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Thank you, faithful Jehovah, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious and mighty name, we have prayed and we have received. Praise the Lord. We can all sit.